0: Lee, it's, the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Come a
1: tackle, you take the defensive end. If he's over him, if the back. You drive down the first man who is inside. You pull back and come in, take the first man outside the offense. Out no one goes. You're right by them and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. So look at this play we'll are trying to get him a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside my buddy, uh, Tim, live in Green Bay. And we're just going to do kind of a final preview of the Vikings game. But first things first, Tim, how you doing up there tonight, man?
0: Ah, oh, great Saturday, man. Beautiful day. Little little chipper out. Ready for some football, some fall football weather, man, for sure.
1: Yeah. So I swear
0: I, I did uh, I did some leaf removal in my yard, and five minutes later it looks like I did absolutely nothing. So it's <laughs> accomplished a lot today.
1: You know, I'm of the opinion, and you probably hate me as a neighbor, but I'm of the opinion, just let them blow around, Tim. Wherever they end up, they end up, man. And if somebody gets upset and they have to have them removed, they just bill me. I don't yeah, care. yeah. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Now, we've got about – where we live, we got about two acres, so we're pretty separated away from the neighbors, but even the neighbor's trees, you know, I don't care mm-hmm. if they grow into the yard. You know what I mean? Yep. It is what it is. When you're in a, a neighborhood like 90% of Green Bay's neighborhoods, right, it, it can be an issue, I'm sure. You know? Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. We're a little, little close together here on the east side, so we play the game. It.
1: Yes. It's so charming, dude. Like we the first time we went to Green Bay, one of the things I did was went down to Alloway. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. And uh and seen Curly's grave, right? We went down there and, and put a football on his grave and all that mm. stuff. And um, as we came back north, we just stayed, you know, kind of hugged the coast of of the river there, of the shore, whatever you want to call it. And uh And we kind of went up through that area of East, and I just love, absolutely love the neighborhoods, how close together they were. And it was just, it was really cool, man. Really cool setup for sure. But We got a full house here in the chat. Give a shout out real quick. We got Omar in here. We got uh, Zane Strong in the house. We got Boz. We got Nick McSwain, uh, Romero, um, Bucky Cheesehead. Appreciate you guys swinging through, man. Like I said, we're just going to do a final preview of the Vikings game and, we got some statistics that we've uh, we've got access to here. So if Tim if Tim gets any ideas and said, "Hey, how how good are the Vikings at this, or how bad are the Vikings at that?" We can look it up, and we can even look up some of Green Bay's stuff as well. And one of the things I was uh, checking out here uh, going into uh, the show was kind of the conference standings. I wanted to see what they looked like, Tim. And uh, the way it sits right now, Green Bay is in 12th place in the NFC. So ahead of them is the Saints, the Commanders the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Vikings, all at three and four. So obviously if we can get a dub tomorrow and some of these teams lose, you know, the Vikings obviously would have to be one. And there, who knows, there may be a couple of those teams that are actually playing each other. There's a chance we could try to climb back into this thing, right? Because, you know, obviously you're looking for one of those top seven spots. But, uh, you know, at this point, for me, it's not so much about, you know, being hung up on making the playoffs as much as it is – um, let's see what this roster is about, right? Let's see what we've got for the long haul. And uh, you know what? If for some reason they go on a run here and we put ourselves in playoff contention, awesome. Maybe we can get a playoff game under our belt too and see what see what we got there. But uh, how are you feeling, Tim? Let me just kind of test your pulse for a second, man. How are you feeling going into uh, going into this game tomorrow? Um, what's you just what's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask that question?
0: Ugh, that's. <funny>. <laughs> kinda kinda felt the way I felt last week uh going into uh the Denver game. You know, it was uh you had that little un- almost like an uneasy feeling, kinda semi queasy. Um and I kind of feel that way about this game because I really truly believe I-, I-, I said this last week, but we're gonna really see how the rest of this season's gonna look. Um if we drop another game tomorrow. Um, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of hard knocks, so I hope we make the playoffs for the love of God, just to keep those cameras out of 1265. (laughs) Um, but clearly, yeah, the, the goal for, for, uh, you know, at least from an organizational standpoint, I think the goal is to get a full eval on, uh, our quarterback and also this young offense in particular. Um, you know, the defense is, not really playing up to potential, but the defense is the strong point of our team right now. So I think we're really looking offensively when we're trying to make these, these uh, judgments uh, building a team going forward. But as far as Sunday goes, man, I, you know, I believe we have a chance to win every week, just like every team, any given Sunday in the NFL, but the Packers absolutely need a victory, man. It's, you know, we're going on a month, well over a month since we got a dub. Um, And this is a divisional game. Um, Clearly, we're probably not going to contend for our division this year, although anything can happen. Uh, but you definitely don't want to drop another divisional game. So we can get two birds with one stone here. We can pick up a dub, uh, get ourselves back on a positive trajectory, and also um hand Minnesota uh a divisional loss, which would be great. So a little little queasy going into it, Clayton. I'm not uh I'm not doom and gloom, but I'm not roaring with confidence right. either right now. So
1: I think it'll be a good game. You know, when you kind of look at how the teams break down, Minnesota doesn't have a great running game. We've got a pretty bad run defense, right? You can obviously tell that the way we've drafted, the way we've developed, um, we're putting a big emphasis on, you know, uh, beating the pass on defense. So, you know, I I, I don't think uh, I would be surprised if Minnesota gets their running game going a little bit tomorrow. The goal is going to be keeping them out of the end zone, and our offense, you know, trying to score some points for once in the first half. You know, if we start fast, I think we'll we'll come out on top here. If we can somehow jump up to a, you know, a, a one or a two-score uh, lead in the first quarter, I feel a lot better about our chances. If that offense continues to sputter coming out of the gate, you know, it's going to be a long day, I believe. And, it well, I say a long day, it'll probably come down to the wire, but – Omar in the chat here says, wow, more people picking Pack to win by one score than the Vikings win on the blowout on your survey. Um, yeah, I put a survey up on Twitter. I'm going to hit it real quick. I'll read it off to you guys. So just so you know, I wanted to kind of test the pulse of everybody on Packers Twitter. And I said, tomorrow we have Packers football at Lambeau Field. How do you see this one playing out? And I have four options. Packers win by one score. Packers win by a blowout. Vikings win by one score. Vikings win by a blowout. And right now, it's Packers win by one score at 29.9%. In second place, Tim, they're saying Bockings win in a blowout,
0: 20, 29.3%. Hold on. It's at it's at 30% now for win by a score because I just voted.
1: There you go. Then <laughs> it's over the edge. Now we're good. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, you can kind of see, man, that's the majority there is, hey, look, we're either going to get boat raced or we're going to win by one score. Right. (laughs) So, um, I think it's going to be fun, though, man. Anytime you got an NFC North uh, division rival, um, that rivalry, you know, again, the Vikings are probably the team that I hate the most. And I I shouldn't say hate, that I dislike the most um, amongst our rivals. Uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for the bears and their history, Detroit. I felt sorry for, for so long, although they're making, they're making that more and more difficult every week that goes by. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, uh, I think it'd be an interesting game for sure. Um, let's see what else we got in the chat here before we kind of get to what we've got laid out here, Tim. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, appreciate it, Nick. Thank you for the kind words there, buddy. Um, let's see here. Nick says, uh, think people need to remember progress. Isn't linear, linear, um even though they've been playing progressively worse getting the reps good or bad isn't is necessary for growth I don't know if they'll turn it around yeah i mean and, and that's the goal really um is to, to like i said to see what this team's got and see if they can grow see if we can develop a little bit you know this this coaching staff's definitely not known for developing players it's more of a a scheme base you know x's and O's which that's the frustrating part when you don't agree with how the the plays are being called and, and maybe the, the personnel that's on the field. And, and that's the other thing, too. People some people say, I don't think it's a scheme. And they're strictly talking about play, you know, play calling, you know, that the scheme isn't just play calling. The scheme is a combination of a lot of things. Right. Yes, it's the play calling, but it starts with the personnel on the field. And, and when you talk about the scheme, sometimes people are just, you know, specifically talking about the passing scheme. They're not talking about the running scheme and vice versa. They're not talking about the blocking scheme. They're not talking about the details. And the big thing for me has just been the run blocking scheme, I think has been the issue. And uh, that's something hopefully they continue to simplify. But he says, but crazy how many people I've been seeing, I've seen saying we should tank, LOL. Yeah, the whole tank thing is just, it's embarrassing. You know, it happened last year, Tim. I don't know if you, I don't know if you experienced this. And it's funny because, you know, Everybody on Twitter, you you might get a, a different experience as far as, you know, what you uh what you see, what you hear on the old bird app or now what it's called X, right? Um, last year the thing I sort of seen as soon as they they went on that stint where they struggled and they lost so many games in a row, it was just let's just tank, let's get a better pick. And I'm going, why? You know, if you if you if you tank, right? What you're essentially telling your locker room is, all right, guys, let's do not worry about winning, right? Let's yeah. just go out here and try to lose every game. You can't evaluate the players that you might be bringing back. Uh, you're creating a culture of losing in your locker room. Which, if yeah. you don't believe that's a real thing, Tim, look around and yep. look at some of these teams, dude. That's that's a real thing, right? And you're
0: telling all your players by doing that that you have no confidence in them, and that hey, we we want we want a tank, so we can get a, some draft picks next year and get you guys out of here, or or bring bring some new blood into camp for you to compete against. Like that's not yeah. gonna achieve anything positive, um, for the psychological profile of your team, especially a young football team, a bunch of guys who just got drafted themselves. So yeah, I, have never agreed with tanking, um, especially since draft picks, you know, man, you can go first round, first pick and be a total disaster. It, there's no guarantees. So, I mean, we're a draft and developed team. Some of our, you know, most legendary players were not first round picks, they weren't even second or third round <laughs> picks. So, um, I don't agree with dumping an entire season just to get a, a higher draft pick. No, I've never liked that approach. That's loser mentality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, you get that, you get that embedded in your organization. Good luck getting it out. And if you don't get it out, you know what, you get what you deserve. That's yeah. the way I see that. I've never yeah. understood that approach. Um, let's see here. Uh, Carly Ray in the chat just drops in and says, howdy, everyone. Go, Pat, go. She's been a member for two months now, a member of the PTA posse. So, appreciate the support, Carly Ray. We got a bunch of them in here. I see Nick McSwain. I see Boz, all these guys, Jake K. Everybody got the logo next to them. Really, really cool. Jake K. in the chat says, Tim, I have that same throw behind you nice it a thumbs up nice go pack you're gonna need that this winter man when that tip starts start driving yeah that thing's coming off the wall he's gonna have that thing wrapped
0: <laughs> might up. have to get some jerseys up on this side and we'll. i'll use that as my cape when i go to lambo <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, I love it. let's see uh all right let's do this tim let's hit this video real quick again this was from packers daily it's called final thoughts and it's uh it's our uh our guy, our head honcho over there with the broadcast team, uh, Larry McCarron, absolutely love the Rock, everything, uh, rock. just his passion for the Packers. Um, doesn't I mean, matter what the record is. He's always going yeah, oh, oh.
0: to – yeah. I'm trying to do the Larry McCarron pinky. Yeah, you're not going to be able to
1: do it. It, it, it <laughs> shouldn't have been that way, Tim. It shouldn't have <laughs> been
0: that way. Uh, Let's
1: see what they had to say about this uh, packers Vikings matchup at Lambeau Field tomorrow.
0: Looks downfield, waits, flings it over the middle. Intercepted.
1: That's the goal every week to get turnovers.
0: You know what I'm saying? When it comes out, we got to take the ball We like Just capitalizing on opportunities that we get, you know, the ball's in the air. We have to just have a mindset of it's our ball. We're picking the ball off, punch, hammer, and rake ops.
2: You know, hopefully when we get one, you know, they, they just come in bunches. The door is open against a Minnesota team that leads the NFC in giveaways. But quarterback Kirk Cousins can make teams pay, leading the
0: NFC in touchdown passes.
2: Kirk is a guy that he can make any throw. He's proven it, he's done a great job. I think he's playing as good as anybody right now. I mean, Kirk Cousins is as, as good as there is in the league when, when you don't affect him. It's important to, to try to apply pressure to him, make him move around in the pocket, I and mean, you gotta have sticky covers on the, on the back end. It all works hand in hand. If the quarterback can sit back there and not be affected, I mean, he'll pick you apart. In this 62-year-old border battle, the Packers have
1: the edge. And come Sunday, Green Bay will be looking for its third straight home win over the Vikings in front of a packed house.
0: It'll be a big boost, um, you know, the crowd um, being loud for us, and uh, especially on third down, helping with communication issues. So um, everyone's excited to see that. Our
2: fans are are super supportive, and we gonna show up and, and turn out and be loud for us and, and make a difference in the game.
0: Definitely something that we're looking forward to this week is just getting back at home, getting back in Lambeau, um, you know, having our crowd you know, behind us. But, you know, we got to find a way to go out there and no matter where we're at, we're at home we're away, just go out there and win. Clayton, I think you're on mute, brother.
1: I'm over here sending sign language. There we go. Um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, that Larry mentioned there, you know, Kirk Cousins leading the league in touchdown passes right now. And a lot of people don't know that Coach LaFleur actually coached Cousins in Washington. You guys, If you guys remember, they drafted Kirk Cousins a little bit later in the draft when they had RG3. They may have even drafted him the same year. They took, you know, two swings that year. But, obviously, he would work himself into the starting role and stay in Washington for a a couple of years there, I believe on the franchise tag before, of course, he left and and went to Minnesota. But um, So they've got a little bit of history there. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's one of those quarterbacks that the the Packer fans, as soon as they found out that you're probably going to end up liking him if you watch the quarterback series, they refuse to watch it. And that's a good move because I wish I hadn't watched it. Cause I'm telling you, I, I ended up liking him too, <laughs> but he's an accurate quarterback. He'll stand in the pocket and take a hit. Um, he's just one of those guys that he's not going to wow you with throws. He's not going to you know, have those Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen type plays, and I'm not even talking about the legs. He's not going to hammer a pass in there into double or triple coverage and, and beat you with his arm strength, but he's going to consistently make the right decisions, and he's going to be accurate distributing the football, right? And really, a, the other day when they were talking about Kirk Cousins and – And again, I don't, I'm not here to pile on Jordan Love. I just, I think you're doing yourself a disservice as a fan if you don't try to envision other quarterbacks, other position players being on your roster and how different your season may be. If you had someone like Kirk Cousins at that level, right? And who knows, Jordan Love may surpass him one one day. But if you had somebody like that leading the helm right now, I think this this season will probably be closer to that five and one record, Um, you know, just based off of, the interceptions that were thrown and, uh, and obviously the inaccuracy, but, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Tim, what what comes to mind when you talk about stopping Kirk cousins, anything, uh, anything pop in your mind?
0: I thought it was great to see coach LaFleur say pretty much what I said the other day, I believe Thursday when we were on, which is we've got to get pressure to him. You cannot just allow him to stand in that pocket and pick apart your defense because that's, what's going to happen. And you hit it on the head too. He's not, Known as the most mobile quarterback in the world, uh, will he scramble and run out of there? Sure, but not what, not not super effectively. I don't see him out running Rashawn. Um, I don't see him slipping out of there if we can get pressure like you know some of these other quarterbacks are able to do. But it means our defense is going to have to play fundamentally sound. We're going to need gap discipline. We gotta we gotta hold the edge. We cannot break contain on certain plays, and you got to be where you are supposed to be, or he's going to make you look bad it's you know you hit on the head he's not Mr. Spectacular but man he'll he'll torch the defense very quietly and you know put good numbers up on the board and before you know it the game's over and you're <laughs> and you're looking you're looking at an L-bomb and uh Kirk Cousins didn't do anything super spectacular other than you know probably hit you know 80 percent of his targets so I We've got to have a pass rush, and uh, we have to play discipline on the back end. We can't have those uh, finger pointing, looking confused scenarios um, with this D. So, yeah, hopefully the guys bring their A game, man. Because even without Justin Jefferson on the field, they're going to still try and push the envelope, man. They're going to throw that ball down the field.
1: Yeah, especially with Hawkinson underneath. You've got uh, you know Addison that's having a, a pretty solid rookie season. I think he's got six touchdowns now. But uh, you were talking about pressures. And according to SIS, the most pressured team in the league is the Giants at 136. You'll find the Vikings 11th at 94 pressures. So 94 times he's been pressured. He's been sacked 15 times. Check out this stat. It has nothing to do with this game, but this really popped off the screen to me. Patrick Mahomes has been pressured 100 times, and he's only taken seven sacks. That is insane, dude. So 93 out of 100 times – He's going to get away from that pressure or get the ball off. That's pretty wild. But, yeah, again, um, as far as the Vikings, these are their team, team statistics. I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins has taken just about every snap. They've been pressured 94 times. So, um, you know, that's 11th in the league as far as 11th highest amount of pressures. Now, you're probably saying, I wonder where the Packers are in that stat. Dead last. Jordan Love has only been pressured 62 times. And when I say dead last, that's a good thing. Okay, that's a good thing. So um, he's been pressured 62 times and taken 10 sacks and has seven interceptions. So when you look at the uh, touchdown total on the year, though, like they said, uh, from a team standpoint, the Vikings are leading in touchdown passes, right, with only five interceptions. They got 16 touchdowns. When you go down to find the Packers, they are sitting – let's see where they're at. As a team – they are currently 12th with 10 touchdowns. So um, just thought it'd be cool to kind of look at that. Um, when you look at uh, what they call uh, EPA, which is uh, is basically the expected points gained or lost by the team on a play, okay, so it's it's kind of it's a good rating of, okay, this is, you know, it, it's one of those that's more or less it's their success rate, if you will, okay. When you look at that EPA passing, the Vikings come in at 15th, Okay. And that EPA is negative 8.53. The Packers are actually two or one spot higher than the Vikings. Very, very similar in EPA at negative 7.99. So the passing game, according to EPA, pretty close across
2: the board there, Tim. Um, If you hop over to rushing, okay. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
1: And kind of look at um, how the running game has went. I like to really look at yards per attempt. I think that's a good gauge. And when you look at it from that standpoint, the Vikings actually come in 23rd. At only 3.9 yards per attempt. The Packers are right behind them at 3.8 in the 24 spot. Now, when you look at um, their stuff percentage, right? How many times they've been stuffed, okay? Um, basically meaning they gain zero yards or lost yards on a play. The Vikings have been stuffed the 21st amount of uh, 21st ranked amount of times, okay? So, They've basically been stuffed 19.4% of the time in the running game. And the Packers, let's see, are 15th at 20.7. So believe it or not, according to some of these statistics on SIS, we've got a more effective running game than the Vikings, right? And immediately, Tim, I think, okay, that's good news for the Packers because they got a weak, you know, run defense. The bad news is if they come out and run on us, oh, my God, <laughs> right? But what do you think about the running game here? If Aaron Jones is healthy, that's going to be the key, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, and I fully expect that, Um, you know, the Packers are going to try and run the ball. My question is, are we going to stay with that? Are we going to get away from it? I feel like we've seen that these past few weeks. We get a little bit of success in between the tackles, and then we get away from it. And we're not running. So hopefully it's running back by committee. You know, hopefully Aaron Jones is healthy and is playing and is getting a lot of snaps. But if not, yeah, we have to got to spread it around. We got to get Dylan his carries. We got to get, uh, I'm not sure who's going to, who's getting dressed. Is it uh, Emmanuel Wilson this week? Um, I'm yeah. assuming they're going to carry three running backs again on Sunday. So. Yeah,
1: that would be my guess too. Um, you know, and and I think Aaron Jones will be a little bit healthier. Let's hope so, right? Um, it, it sounds like we got some good news coming out. There's people are sounding more and more confident about Jair Alexander playing as well as Devondre Campbell. Although I know we already hit on the injury report earlier. Um, actually, I'll, I'll glance at it real quick, then we'll get into the receiving statistics here. Um, real quick, just a quick reminder as far as. The injury report, Jair Alexander still listed questionable. Uh, Devondre Campbell was listed questionable. Luke Musgrave questionable. Josh Myers questionable. Um, you know, Josh Myers, I think, is pretty much a go. Uh, yeah. There was people on Twitter, people in different, uh, I don't know, different chats that I was in that seemed really, really confident in Jair Alexander and Devondre Campbell playing tomorrow. So if they do play, that's going to be huge as long as they're right. You know, that's my big thing, Tim, like, Look, I'm I'm all for, you know, a player going out there and, and, and trying to muscle through and this and that. But if, if you're going to be worse than the backup behind you with your current state of health, I'm of the opinion. They just sit it out, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't, you know, leave your check your ego at the door and let's do what's best for the team. Right. So part
0: of that is being a leader, too, is knowing if you're not if you're not, you know, 100%, or that's fine. But if you're, you feel like you might be a detriment to your team or you might be, you know, creating more problems just by being out there, then, yeah, you should, you should be the first to put your hand up and say, hey, not today. You know, somebody else step up. Um, but on the flip side of that, with what we just said about Kirk Cousins and his ability to run an offense, you know, having guys like Devondre Campbell back Um, A guy like Jair in your secondary, if he can play to his abilities, you know, we've got a better chance of uh, putting a hurting on the Vikings with uh, our best feet forward. But again, to your point, that's if they're really ready to go because we hate to see that. We hate to see someone rush back, they get to action, and then back to injured reserve they go. As uh, we saw, you know, with Eric Stokes, that was kind of that same deal, you know, a few snaps on special teams, and that's the end of that. Could we have just... You know, Well, I, I believe that would have been the situation either way, right? It's either let him try and go and then put him on IR or you got to put him on IR regardless, uh, right? So, I mean, yeah. that was kind of a – you were kind of in a bad situation either way with him. But, you know, Devondre Campbell with the, the two ankle issues and then Jair with something as serious as a back, you know, those are things you don't want to – yeah, you don't want to rush. And at this point, like we said, are we really talking about playoffs? So – you know, definitely. like your, your health is more important. So but that being said, I want to see as many of our guys back out there playing football, right? Can't make the club in a tub. So <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, now let's talk about the receiving aspect here. Team wide. Right. Um, drops percentage. The L.A. Rams are leading the league right now in drop percentage at nine point three percent. OK, um, the Vikings are sixth in the league with the most drops. At 7% is their drop rate, according to SIS. Now, a lot of people have been a lot of talk about the Packers and their drops and this and that. You know, last year they actually led the league in drops. This year, believe it or not, they are now 22nd in drop percentage at 4.9%. So there's only, what, 10 teams that have a, a uh, lesser drop percentage than the Packers do, right? Right which is pretty, I don't know, man, it's pretty remarkable in my opinion. Now, the thing that hurts when you go to completion percentage, even with those drops and that drop percentage, the Vikings are 12th in the league in completion percentage at 70.7%. You got to go all the way down to number 32 for the Packers at 58.9%. And obviously that's that's what we're talking about with Jordan Love's accuracy, right? So let's hope he can uh, improve that a little bit more from, uh, from week to week. But receiving-wise, one of the things that, that might rear its ugly head for the Vikings, and, and maybe I'm being too hopeful here, but the fact that they got that high drop percentage, again, them coming in uh, sixth with the sixth uh, highest drop percentage at 7%. Hey, every little bit helps, right, Tim?
0: Yep, absolutely. And that, that that's like what I said about being in your spot and, and playing fundamentally sound on defense. That's how you're going to create these drops. If you're stride for stride with your guy or you're covering that, that quarter or that space that you need to be at, You know and you can contest a catch that's that's going to put us in a in a good spot um but we can't have guys running free and and letting cousins just hit them on the hands all day because you know those drops happen to everyone the occasional oh my god it was right to him how did he miss that but the ones that you get with regularity are the ones that are are semi-contested or contested catches or that receiver can sense that pressure coming or the hit coming You know, and he can make a mistake. He can look up field before he secures the catch. That's how you get those drops. Um, Because, you know, Cousins is not inaccurate. He's not an inaccurate quarterback. So if we can keep him flustered and also play good on the back end, we have a better chance of winning. But if we're going to let him stand back there and throw, and then these guys are going to be running into space, it's going to create problems for us.
1: Definitely, definitely. When we shift to the offensive line play between these two teams, and go to blown block percentage, okay? Oh and boy, basically yeah. it's it's pretty self-explanatory. And you said, oh, boy, and I understand right. why, because you hear people talking to him, and it's like, well, this offensive line's the reason that Jordan Love's playing so bad. Let's yep. start with the first team we get to for blown blocks. It's actually the Vikings. The Vikings have 2.4, uh, 2.486% blown blocks, okay? Of all the snaps, uh, 2.4% of the time they blow a block, okay? Guess where the Packers are? 27th wow. 27th. Now that's all plays. Okay. That includes pass blocking and run blocking. So let's get down to the specifics here. When you go pass blocking blown blocks, um, you're going to have the Vikings coming in 24th at 2.6% and the Packers coming in 27th at 2.5%. So again, there's only what like, five teams that have less uh, blown blocks percentage wise than the Green Bay Packers. When you go to run blocking, blown blocks in the running game, um, let's see, the Vikings come in 22nd at 2.1%, and the Packers actually come in 26th at 1.6%. So some of you guys are going, but we've been talking about how bad this run blocking is. PFF shows the run blocking being bad, right? All this and that. Just because the run blocking is bad doesn't mean they're blowing blocks. Tim, it lines up perfectly that with what we've talked about on Chalk Talk and recapping games, how this run-blocking scheme, they're asking these offensive linemen to do things. They're just – they're they are damn near not capable of doing, man. That's what sticks out to me there.
0: Yeah, me too. I, and, you know, with Minnesota on, on their end of the spectrum, hearing, hearing, you know, what you're saying here, maybe uh, does this mean we can just rush four or five and get home? Like, do we have to do – can we just play straight up and hopefully get it done in the trenches? Or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to need to uh, dial up anything super exotic to try and get home. I think we just gotta just gotta beat the guy in front of us. Yeah, you know, which is we've struggled with that in our front, but uh, this could be a, an opportunity for that. I think for guys to get some pressure there because of uh, you know the missed blocks and whether it's pass pro or the run game. Um, yep. and an opportunity for us to look good against the run. Cause I'm telling you, I think Minnesota's still gonna, they're going to mix the run in. Um, I don't know if it'll be a concerted effort to try and run all day on us, but you know, we could have a little bit of wind tomorrow too. That can play, um, a factor in the past game too, and a team's approach as well. So, you know, you mm-hmm. got to, you know, inclement weather and wind gusts and things, you may need to run the ball more than you planned on. So, I mean, there's an opportunity here for green Bay to get back on track. Um, But, yeah, seeing that, you know, blown blocks like that, you know, numbers can be deceiving because we we feel like that's happening on every play with our offensive line, and it's really not. And you look at Minnesota, it does kind of happen with regularity. So is this a chance for uh, Kenny Clark to tee off and T.J. Slayton to tee off a little bit here um, tomorrow? So hopefully.
1: Yeah, definitely. Zane Strong in the chat says, 34-20 pack wins. Um, and then of course he uh, comes back and says, "Just in case y'all were wondering, um, let me just uh, give you one of these." 65- Sixty-five <laughs> percent. Appreciate it, Zane. Um, let's see what else we got here in the chat, real quick. Um, all right, Mike Hebring says, "This is the week we find out how good Rashawn Gary really is. He's not. He's now healthy. Better play every snap, which he did last week. In case you were wondering, he uh, he basically he had the the most amount of snaps." Of all the edge rushers other than Preston Smith. So I think he was up to like 50 snaps or something like that. Um, finally, after four years of not doing so, and goes against a top tackle in Darisol. Well, the problem with that is Darisol is actually the left tackle. Okay. And Rashawn Gary lines up the majority of the time over the right tackle. If I remember correctly, Darisaw is a left tackle. Let me look real quick. We've got it right here. I don't want to, I don't want to miss uh Let's see here. All right, we go with the nickel. Yeah, Derisaw is the left tackle, Mike. So the majority of the time he's going to be over O'Neal, which is still a, a solid tackle. He's he's graded out as the eighth highest, according to PFF. Of course, Derisaw is the top one. Now, they do like to move him around a bit, depending on what the coverage is and where they're rolling it. They uh, they get really, really specific about that. But, uh, yeah, Rashawn Gary, though, um, absolutely dominating. That dude, when he's on the field, in pass rush situations, I think he's second only behind Miles Garrett, if I remember correctly, in pressure percentage. And we're we're actually going to kind of hit on that since you brought it up too, Tim. Let's look real quick at the pressure percentage, okay? So when you break it down pass rush-wise, all right, pressure percentage, the teams with the most pressure that they put on the quarterback, the Vikings come in 19th at 34.1%, okay? The Packers, uh, let's see, they're rolling in at 17th, so two spots higher. Than the Vikings at 34.2%. Imagine if we didn't have Rashawn Gary, how low that pressure percentage would be. I mean, that's that's scary to think about. It really is. Because is. Like, you know, we were talking about the pressure percentage the other day, and I can't remember the exact number Paul Bretell laid out there, but um, and the other thing about the Vikings too, Tim, they they lead the league in blitzes. So their pressure is coming from this manufactured blitzing. Ours, the majority of it is just a five-man rush, right? Um, out of that that 34 that 34 jam look and in some cases blitzing the mic in quay walker with some of that a gap mug but uh you know as far as pressure percentage that's how the numbers sit like i said the packers actually have a little bit better pressure percentage at 34.2 percent as where the vikings have one at 34.1 and again i'm not i'm not as concerned about it as long as jordan can pick up the blitz right and again that goes back to josh myers man that's That's one, Tim, that worries me is you know, God setting the protection against a blitz-heavy team. I'm expecting one or two free runners. The question is, will they have an answer for it, right? And will Jordan Love be able to adjust and have a hot on those plays? That's going to be the question, right?
0: Well, good thing Josh Myers is playing the best football of his career
1: right now. Oh, the sarcasm's so thick.
0: And, yeah, one or two free rushers, yeah, like – as if that's okay, as if we should accept the fact that guys are just gonna get smoked. And <laughs> right. and, and, and all right, Jordan. So when we have uh, when you're getting a free rusher here from the right side, or it's like why do we even have to think like that? Like I, I'd be looking at my coach like, well, maybe we could just block our guy, you know, or at least get in the way for a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. no, I think uh hey, you know what? Jordan's gonna get better at that because if it continues to happen, he's gonna have no choice. He's yep. going to have to get better at reading that and we are going to have to adjust and put some, uh, safety valves and check downs, um, into the game plan if that's what's going to happen. Um, hopefully we see quick adjustment if anything goes crazy, but, um, yeah, man, this, I worry. I really do. Uh, <laughs> on, on, with the, with the pass pro, um, it's been there though, you know, like we said, uh, Ryan's talked about it too on his pod, you know, the, the, this uh, belief that Jordan love is just under this massive amount of pressure all the time. is just simply not true. Nope. It's more of the, the inner minutiae of, you know, diagnosing a blitz properly and making that post snap read properly, um, making the decision to get out of, or move up in the pocket, uh, things like that, the little things that he's going to slowly get better at because it's just going to come with repetition because he's going to have to deal with it so much. So, uh, who knows though? Watch watch these boys go out and play a hell of a game tomorrow, Clayton. You know, we're we're due for one. Yeah. I'd like to see that offensive line go out there and push some guys around all day and and just you know not get handled like they have been before. So hopefully yeah. we can impose our will a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, this is the game that a lot of people forget. Last year we uh absolutely dominated, right? We blew them out at Lambeau. And, again, Keyshawn Nixon, I think he had the – might have been the opening kickoff of the second half that he took back, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, that plays a big role, obviously. But Aaron Aaron had a great game. And uh, let's hope that they – whatever – you know, when you when you scout a team, Tim, typically what these teams do, these coaching staffs do, and, and it's actually in take your eye off the ball, 2.0, they talk about how they go back and do a four-game saturation, right? They'll look at the team's previous four games and watch all the tape and pick up their tendencies, their personnel, all of that stuff, the the route concepts, the passing concepts they're using, their run gap scheme, all those things. Um, and the other thing they do is they look at their last two head-to-head matchups, right? And, again, we matched up pretty darn well against them last year there at Lambeau. Let's hope that we can kind of keep that going. Um, now, one of the things that go hand-in-hand with the pass rush, like we were just talking about, pressure percentage and all that, is obviously pass defense, right? A um, couple of different ways you can gauge that, right? You can look at the the rating, the quarterback rating uh, against. Um, I like to start with the completion percentage and kind of say, okay, um, how efficient are these teams being? So when you look at from a pass defense standpoint, right, from that perspective, um, we're going to sort it by completion percentage, okay, lowest at the top. You're going to hop down and the Packers, this horrible Packers defense, right, Is actually eighteenth in the league, at sixty six point five percent. Okay, the Vikings, you know, which they're getting a lot of pub right now because they blitz a lot in this and that completion percentage against the Vikings seventy four point six percent.
2: Wow. So,
1: if there's ever a game, that's I mean that's next to next to last right now. Ask me who's last, Tim. Who's last, Clayton? The Denver
2: Broncos. So
1: (laughs) it didn't really pan out last week, but let's see if Jordan can get that completion percentage up. So basically anything less than 74.6%, you would say he underachieved according to what the the rest of the opponent's completion percentage has been against the Vikings, right? So that's a good barometer there. I think we would all agree anything above 60% for Jordan Love is an improvement, right? Um, When you look at the rating against, OK, um, and we're going to go best, you know, best defense. So the lowest rating against um, as you climb down here, the Packers are actually 14th in that metric. So quarterbacks that they play against opposing quarterbacks against the showberry defense. They are 14th in the league and eight with 87.2 quarterback rating against. So they're playing the pass pretty darn well. Right. Borderline top 10. You're definitely in the top half of the league. The Vikings, however, 27th at 100.6. This this has all the makings for a get-right game for Jordan Love. There's nothing I would love more, Tim, than them come out and win by a couple touchdowns, but Jordan Love throw for 300. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to put unrealistic expectations, but even Justin Fields has 300-yard games, right? Um, You know, Some of the worst quarterbacks in the league have had 300-yard games. We need that game where Jordan comes out and you go, okay, this guy can wing it around a bit. I'm not suggesting we should go pass heavy, right? I'm not, I'm not su- suggesting that at all. What I'm simply saying is this has all the makings for Jordan love to come out and have a good game. Now, Christian Watson's fully healthy. Aaron Jones is going to get more carries, right? Um, obviously the O line is still backed up. Um, I want to see some more 11 personnel. I want to see Tay Wicks in the rotation. Don't feel like you have to go to 12, especially if Musgrave doesn't play, but, uh, what do you think about that, man, as far as uh, the pass defense there? And to me, I've been saying it this whole time. Everybody's making it sound like Green Bay's defense is, you know, bottom three when I feel like they're right there around that 15 to 17 mark. And in some metrics, you know, points per play, they're actually closer to the top 10. But uh, what do you – anything stick out to you there as far as the uh, opponents, uh, opposing quarterback's completion percentage or quarterback rating against?
0: Um, You know, thinking about from our perspective with what- – with Jay Love here, um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Get the ball out quick. Take take that that away from that blitzing defense. You got a defense that wants to tee off and blitz all the time. Get the ball out fast and take that away from the game because it will demoralize the defense, man. They can send pressure all day and it won't matter. And then we'll get that favorable matchup when they, they dial back the blitz and maybe they fall off into more coverage. Now we can get creative with our offense attempt to run the football, these type of things. So I think if Jordan gets it out quick, you're right. He's on the path for a get right game. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see 300 plus yards. I'd love to see a, you know, a a, a 119, 120 passer rating and, you know, no picks, no picks. Let's do that.
1: Hey, let's Um, try that. (laughs)
0: let's, uh, Let's throw back shoulder throw when we're supposed to, not across the middle on third down you know, let's, yeah. let's try and just get that timing. You know, I think a lot of that goes to the accuracy factor with him. It's just, it's the timing thing. If he throws in rhythm and he's on time, we've seen it time and time again, that he, he can throw the ball, but you yeah. know, he struggling to find a rhythm though. But so I think, you know, and then from our perspective, you know, I don't, I don't know how we get cousins to have a crummy completion percentage um, <laughs> because I don't know if necessarily You know, we talked about getting pressure on him, which I think we we need to make an emphasis on. But I I don't know if we can all out just blitz all the time. Um, At some point we got to just play defense. And I think we can do that by being uh, being responsible in our Joe Barry's quarters concepts here and uh, being where we're supposed to be and not playing, uh, you know, man on demand when you're not supposed to be, you know, things like that. Uh, Not unilaterally making the decision that if you don't know what's going on to just stay in the same spot and run around, you know, that's not not good. Yeah, you know, and look to your leaders. Look to Quay, look to Rasul, look to these guys that are going to, you know, help you get where you need to be. But, you know, the defense has got – I think if we play fundamentally sound from the back end going forward, we should be okay. If our secondary is playing – you know discipline and our front is getting enough pressure maybe mix in like you said some some quay walker blitzes there you know up the a gap kind of thing or you know the nickel blitz here and there when we can whatever but uh you know we got to find a way to get pressure but we also have to to find a way to do our jobs out there and not be letting letting guys run wide open butt naked through the trailer park as you would say clay yeah
1: Absolutely. And that the goal there, in my opinion, is just keep everything in front of you, man. Play bim but don't break. You know, um, this our passing game should be able to move the ball on the Vikings. They yep. should. Um, running game should, you know, pretty be pretty decent as well. The goal is going to be win the turnover differential. Right. And eliminate or limit the explosive plays. You know, that's that's what it's going to come down to. If if Jire's playing and they feel like he's somewhat healthy, I'm okay with them leaning on cover, uh, cover one man a little bit more. If Jire isn't healthy, I don't want to see any more Carrington Valentine out there trying to play press man. He's a seventh round pick. You guys know he's a Kentucky boy. I was as excited as anyone about him. But if you had told me, hey, you're going to go up and play Denver. We're going to have Carrington Valentine, seventh-round pick, rookie, playing press man against Cortland Sutton. I would go, you guys are high. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> that would be see wonder. how that turned out, right? Exactly. So I'm hoping that they lean a little bit more back into the zone match principles. Obviously, Jonathan Owens is going to give his sh- get his shot tomorrow. I'm excited to see that. He kind of got thrust in uh, with the injury last week. Now he's had a week to prepare as the number one safety Um I'm not saying he's the guy. I'm not really expecting him to ball out, but I, what I will say is we're going to find out. You know, we're yeah. going to get a good dose of him and see exactly what he can do. And then that might that might answer the question whether we need to go to Anthony Johnson Jr. or not. But Deadfish in the chat sets the record straight for me. I couldn't remember. I think I was thinking of the Miami game when we got the uh, the opening kickoff of the second half. But like he pointed out, Minnesota went up three to nothing last year. Then Keyshawn had the 105 yards return. That's what it was. So appreciate that, Deb Fish. Good eye there. Uh, Mike Hebring in the chat says, what percentage of defensive snaps should we be expecting out of Gary? It's not so much the percentage of defensive snaps because, you know, if you're looking at overall defensive snaps for Rashawn Gary and trying to determine if he's not, if he's playing an irregular, irregular amount or maybe a, a less amount than he should, then you don't understand the Packers' defense. They rotate 35% of the time. So their edge defenders are in a 35% rotation. They've never been one that's had, you know, the primary edge rushers have a ton of snaps last week. If I remember correctly, I think, and and don't quote me on this, go check it yourself, but I'm pretty sure he had 50 snaps and Preston had like, I can't remember how much it was like 55 or 56 snaps. So he was pretty much up to a full workload last week for the most part. Um, Now they might, they might've had some packages, uh, kind of drawn up for Lucas Van Ness in certain situations, right? Um, another thing we've seen was Brenton Cox Jr. getting a few mm-hmm. snaps last week, especially early on. That kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But, yeah, I think he'll be very, very close to that 65. I'll be darned, 65%. <laughs> 65% <laughs> of, Unbelievable. of the snaps. I think that you'll have uh, Rashawn Geary out there rushing the quarterback, uh, obviously, with that 35% rotation, you take 35 from 100 and you get 65%. So, you need to know right there. so Mike, hopefully that uh, answered your question. I'm expecting, just like last week, as long as he doesn't tweak any injury or anything, um, I think he's going to be right there with Preston Smith, probably with him five to ten snaps of Preston Smith and uh, doing what he always does, and that's absolutely dominating the pass rush game. Um, so – Let's do this. Let's get back to SIS real quick. We just talked about the pass defense. Let's talk about the run defense. This is the part that's gonna hurt, Tim. This is uh obviously the Packers have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Uh no, really? We don't <laughs> we talked about in the offseason. It's so obvious that Goody is drafting for pass rushers and not run stoppers, right? Um, Devontae Wyatt and an elite pass rusher in college from that three tech there uh, down in Georgia. Obviously, uh, you know, everybody else that's been drafted, Lucas Van Ness, you know, you, you get an edge defender there. You got Rashawn Gary as your, um, your primary edge defender, your superstar edge defender. You don't see them um, going after these big run stuffers, right? They're, they're prioritizing stop in the past. And some would say the league is shifting back to a run-heavy league. Obviously, the numbers in no way, shape, or form suggest that. But when you see the teams that are having a lot of success outside of the Chiefs, you know, Philadelphia Eagles, they like to run the ball with quarterback designs, things like that. Obviously the tush push, which actually was mentioned here in the chat just a second ago. I love it. Uh, Clint in the chat says tush push every play.
0: <laughs> they better not they get mean. rid of that, man. That is that's a part of the it, game, dude. They better it. not get rid of it.
1: Absolutely love it, man. Watch them. And it's funny too, watching Jason Kelsey's like, Okay, if it's such a gimmick, then why ain't everybody else having the success we're having at it? Right. Yep. You know they've absolutely mastered it they really have Fish also pointed out that that uh that following drive uh after keyshawn nixon returned the, the kick for a touchdown that's when uh darnell savage had the 75 yard interception return too so i do remember that um all right so run defense let's look at yards per attempt okay yards per attempt the uh let's go from best to worst okay The Bears have the best run defense according to yards per attempt, Tim, at 3.4 yards per attempt is all they're allowing. Okay. The Vikings have the seventh best at 3.6, all right, yards per attempt. So they they, evidently they've got a pretty stout run defense according to yards per attempt when you look at that metric. The Packers, let's get way down here, 25th at 4.4 yards per attempt, okay? So um, obviously the Vikings seem to have a little bit better run defense, a so significantly better run defense than the Packers. When you talk about stuff percentage, which is when you hold a run to zero or negative yards, okay? Um, let's slide down and see which one shows up first. The Packers 18th in stuff percentage at 19.5%. Again, I would, I would definitely put more weight in the yards per attempt than the stuff percentage but the Vikings are three spots lower than them at 19.4%. So you're probably going to see a lot of 1 to 3 yard runs against this Vikings uh defense, but all I'm asking for Tim, man, put us in a third and manageable, right? That's all we need. Third and manageable just to just to kind of keep ahead of schedule and put Jordan Love in a position where he's not playing from from behind on the sticks every down, right?
0: Absolutely. Like just not, I mean, we don't need anything spectacular, but just let's not have the run game be a liability for us, man. We've got to just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I guess just, you know, like we know you guys aren't going to just be these run, run stuffing monsters, but it's like, we got to contain the run at least a little bit. And a team like Minnesota, it's prime. We should, we should be able to do that. Right. I mean, they should have, 40 yards carrying the ball when this game's over with, you know, like we need to limit those runs because that'll help us when we're trying to deal with uh, the pass game. You know, if we can play good against the run when they are, like you said, Clayton, create those third and eights, you know, third and seven, third and eight, third and longs for us to uh, try and get off the field. You can do that when you're not giving up five and seven yard chunk runs, 10 yard chunk runs all the time. You know, if we can do our best to just have some semblance of a run defense, you know, we should be good to go. But we'll see, man. We'll
1: see. Yeah. I hope they show up to play, man. I think it'll be a fun one to watch. So, Mike Hebring looked up the snaps, evidently. Gary played 40 snaps of 59 or 65%. So, it's right there. I'm not going to hit it again. I'm not going to put Tim through it again. Um (laughs) So it's right on that number we were talking about. You know, they they like to have that 35% rotation rate. So Gary is right up there to the 65%. Mike, if you still have that pulled up and you can hear me, man, see what Preston had because I, I want to – maybe it was Preston I was thinking that had 50 snaps. But I'm pretty sure Preston Smith had more snaps than Gary. I feel like that's the good one to gauge as far as is Gary getting a full workload or not. Um, but like uh, Clint Green pointed out here, uh, the excessive edge rotation has never made sense to me. Me neither, Clint. Um, you know, I, I would like to see, listen, I don't expect them to play 100% of the snaps or 90% of the snaps, but I would like to see our best player in there at 75% of the snaps. But, again, that's that's how they've always done, right? That was even uh, a pretty common number or a roundabout even when Mike Pettin was here, right? Absolutely. I miss the old days, Tim, when Clay Matthews was out there just every single snap, dude, just playing with his hair on fire. Love that guy. What a fun guy. What a blessing it was to watch him play, man.
0: Man, that was a heck of a ride. And especially, you know, him, him on the edge and AJ Hawk in the middle, man, that was, mm-hmm. those were the days, man. When you had a, I, you know, I'm a defensive guy, man. I love that. That's the definition of that smothering defense, man. You guys want to throw, have fun with our secondary. Oh, you want to try and put it on the ground? Yeah. Have fun with our front and our linebackers. Good luck. You know, that's, it's what it's all about, man. You know the best offenses in in the game when they go up against a, a defense that plays like that, man. It's always fun to watch. Um, you know, best on best. So,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah. I'm with I'm with Clint too, uh, my buddy Clint for sure. Uh, the you know rotation, you're going to need it. But I do feel like we do that. We do we rotate our edge guys a lot. Um, yeah, it's just kind of the thing we do. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it gets a little frustrating, but, you know, I also understand the idea of keeping fresh legs out there. It's just, man, you would you would just love to uh, – I don't know, man. Love, it, it, imagine if you had – I mean, it sounds silly. I don't want to say another Rashawn Gary, but, but someone who is a starting caliber edge defender. I mean, right now, according to PFF, Preston Smith isn't playing, right, as a starting caliber edge defender, um, but – with that being said, if you did have a, a true number two and uh, you could keep that constant rotation where you could just beat and bang on that right tackle or that left tackle specifically, I can see where it would come in handy. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's check out the poll real quick before we get ready to wrap this thing up, Tim. So now it is Packers win by one score. That's got 31.1% of the votes. Uh, Vikings win in a blowout 28.8%. Vikings win by one score, 23.6%, and then Packers win in a blowout, 16.5%. I love our diehards there going, nope, we're going to toast them. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to pull this up, Tim. uh, I'll kind of get your parting thoughts. Anything else you want to cover here real quick? Um, What I'm going to do is try to pull up some of the the leaderboard stuff as far as individual players and pressure and kind of see where Preston Smith ranks in that regard. But uh, go ahead, man. Parting thoughts or anything else you want to cover, dude?
0: Uh, anything's possible. We need a dub. So like you said, hopefully these guys are ready to play. Um, they come out ready to go. Uh, we don't defer. If we win the toss, we take the ball, we march down and we put a drive together and go up early. Let's, uh, play with a lead and hold a lead. Let's get a win. We can't go on a win streak until we get one. Right guys. So, um, I'm just trying to be positive. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a uh, classic noon, Sunday football. At beautiful Lambeau Field on a beautiful, beautiful day for football, It'd be like forty degrees, a little bit of wind, should be great. Um, I think we're gonna get a dub. I know I've been saying that for the last three weeks, <laughs> the last three games, but we're gonna do it, man. And hey, you know things like beating the Vikings, beating the Bears, that's that's job requirement here if you're a Packer. So you know regardless of how this year plays
1: out, let's 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 beat let's beat the Vikings tomorrow, guys, for sure. Amen, dude. Sign me up, bro. Sign me up. I'll take two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Jake in the chat says, well, it helped, the de- it helped the defense if the offense could be on the field for more than three downs. It would be huge. It would be, yeah, that would be nice. No doubt about it. And then Mike did look that up for us. Appreciate you, buddy. He said Preston had 42. So going back to what he said, Gary played 40. So, yeah, he's pretty much back to a full workload with that normal 65% rotation they're doing so, or 35% rotation, him playing 65% of the snaps. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what I was seeing. Um, I'd like to see them, you know, maybe if we could get that to 70, 30, Tim, who knows what that could do for the defense, right? I mean, that may, that may play a little bit more of a role to, uh, I don't know, man, to maybe help in that regard, but I was trying to pull up the pass rush staff or pass rush stats as far as rush percentage for individuals. But uh, unfortunately, can't get it to pull up here, so uh we'll just skip over that. i was I would really like to see how effective Preston Smith has been, you know, as far as uh pressure percentage and where he ranks. but if it won't pull up, I won't bore you guys as we sit here and wait for it to uh, the system to try to keep from crashing. So with that being said, let's get out of here, man. um I'm excited, you know obviously anytime like you said, Tim, you got a noon kickoff at Lambeau field, man. That's the best time to watch football. I love it. Uh, get that game in early. What we'll do is uh, we'll do the post-game show immediately following it. Um, I've received confirmation from everyone that everybody's received their autographed jerseys who have won. Uh, you know our contest. We got some more cool stuff on nice. the way. I don't. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to spoil it yet. It'll probably be a couple of weeks before we do another giveaway. Try not to go bankrupt giving away autographed jerseys, but you know, <laughs> we definitely want to give back to those of you who are YouTube members. So if that's something you're interested in and you want to uh, support the channel, obviously you can become a YouTube member right there on the page. Just click join and be a member of the the uh, PTA Posse. And like I said, about every two to three weeks, we'll give away an autographed piece of memorabilia. We got some really cool stuff coming in that, uh, that I'm excited about getting into the hands of some fellow fans here. So like, again, it's like I said, again, it's just a, just a way that we can say thank you to, uh, to each and every one of you for spreading the word and getting the, uh, getting the message out about the pod. It's going really good guys. I'm really, really happy. I know it, it sucks having a down year, but you know, the way I look at it with every, uh, with every adversity lies a, uh, a, a, uh, an opportunity with an equal or greater benefit. Right. And, What you find out in seasons like this, who are the true fans, right? Who are the ones who are going to stick by the team's side? And, And not to sugarcoat anything or make it seem like anything that it isn't, believe me, there's plenty of gatekeepers out there right now. I won't mention any names, but it cracks me up how on a daily basis, me being a Packer fan for, gosh, now it's been over 20 years. It's amazing how every day I learn what I'm allowed to talk about. Um, from the gatekeepers. You're not allowed to criticize the training staff. You're not allowed to criticize the GM. You're not allowed to criticize the coaching staff. You're not allowed to criticize the quarterback because he hasn't played a full year. Um, You're you're not allowed to criticize the quarterback because the receivers are supposedly playing so bad. But you're not allowed to criticize the receivers because they're so young. I'm sitting there going, Tim, how about we just let everybody fan the way they want to fan? And uh, let's just talk ball and have a good time. Have a daddy soda, eat some wings, have a burger, and let's enjoy this football season. Because I promise you this, win, lose, or draw with the Packers every Sunday, there's going to be a time where football season's over and we're going to be going, man, that went quick. Yep. So why don't we try to enjoy it? And sometimes the only way to enjoy a down season is just digging in a little bit deeper and trying to fully understand, okay, what happened and why did it happen? And that's what we're going to be here doing Uh every single day so tim thank you so much for jumping on buddy i'm glad we got it in a little bit early that way everybody can enjoy their saturday evening um i'm gonna go have me some spiked apple cider at a buddy's house and we're gonna sit around a campfire and act like a couple rednecks so
0: hey there you go that sounds great man
1: that's that's how we're doing it tonight so uh, appreciate everybody in the chat you guys are awesome again congratulations carly ray been a youtube member for two months now that was really cool seeing that come up man always the channel you guys are awesome. So, uh, everybody be safe tonight. Stay warm. I know it's going to start turning chilly up there for those of you yep. in the Milwaukee and Green Bay area. Um, I think in the middle of this week, Tim, it's supposed to be 26 degrees down here. So, it's hitting us, too. We're oh, ready. Oh, yeah. I love it, dude. I'll have these doors open. I got two bay doors right here going out on a oh, Get deck. the
0: little fresh air in there. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude.
1: I'll turn the space heater on like a moron. That's how <laughs> I <I'm> would. <ready. laughs> Ain't scared. So appreciate everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up.
2: The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play
0: in our, in our offense.
1: Come tackle. Take the defensive end. If he's over, if he's he drive down the first man who's inside. Pull back and jump in. Take the first man outside. Got Back no one goes, you're right by them and field them back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we'll be trying to get him to seal here. and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.